Our scripture reading is from Luke 10, verse 25 to 37. I'm sure a lot of you know about the Good Samaritan or the neighbor. All right, the good neighbor. So it reads as follows. I'm going to read this from the New King James Version. And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tested him, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, What is written in the law? What is your reading of it? So he answered and said, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, You have answered rightly. Do this, and you will live. But he, wanting to justify himself, said to Jesus, And who is my neighbor? Then Jesus answered and said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves who stripped him of his clothing, wounded him, and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance, a certain priest came down the road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Likewise, a Levite, when he arrived at the place, came and looked and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. So he went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine, and he set him on his own animal, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. On the next day, when he departed, he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper, and said to him, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, when I come again, I will repay you. So which of these three do you think was neighbor to him who fell among the thieves? And he said, He who showed mercy on him. Then Jesus said to him, Go and do likewise. Now, one thing about us as Christians is that we have gotten so used to this idea of committing to the Great Commission only if there is a blessing or an incentive that we are promised to receive in return. We normally like to do things for God only if we know that there is a promise of a blessing or if there is a promise of something you know, that God is going to give us. And this blessing has to be physical. I will only pay my tithe only if I receive. I'll only give that man money, the one on the traffic light, only if I get something. I'll only give him food only if I get more. Someone would even argue to this idea if asked why they think in that way. And their point would be that they normally, some would use like the Zulu proverb that says, which means the one hand washes the other in their defense, just to justify that idea of serving without receiving. Well, tonight, I want us to look at the scripture we've read and I want us to go through a journey of understanding the first step of our commitment to the Great Commission. Now, I want us to go through this journey in the passage that we read and use it as a guideline to help us understand what committing to the Great Commission is. In our introduction to this scripture, Luke is giving us an account 
of a conversation between a lawyer and Jesus. And basically, this lawyer is testing Jesus. And when we read the passage, I'm imagining this very puffed up, um, arrogant man approaching Jesus and asking a question. And because of this man's arrogance, if I were Jesus today, my response would have been arrogant as well. I'd have given him an attitude. I'm like, oh, so you think you are better than me because you're a lawyer. And he comes and asks the question. He's like, teacher. And I, I'm just imagining those days because, you know, the Jews in those days used to feel like if I know the law, if I've studied all these things, I am better than the other. And he comes, he's like, teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Now, let us remember that this is during a period where the lawyer being Jewish has been thinking that his life is all right. All the things he does are right. It doesn't matter whether he's done wrong. He just knows that he's right because he's Jewish. And then these are like the traits that some of us have in today's world, especially in our society as Christians. We think that because we are Christians, because we have been learning the word, because we've been doing things right today, everything I do is right. I consider myself holier than everyone else. All right. And this attitude was displayed by the lawyer being Jewish at a time when Jews considered themselves a better race. But what I like about Jesus is the way he responds here. He responds by asking the lawyer what the law says. Jesus gives this man a contextual response so that the lawyer understands the situation at his level of knowledge. And so the lawyer gives Jesus a response that is aligned to the greatest commandment. And this commandment's main emphasis is love. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind. And love your neighbor as you love yourself. Now, I want you to tell the person next to you that I am your neighbor. Tell them. Tell them louder. <laughs> I want to hear you say it. All right. This lawyer goes on to ask Jesus, who is your neighbor? If I was Jesus, I would be telling this man that you're trying to be clever here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you're trying to be clever with me now. No, 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 young man. You're trying to be clever with me, eh? But Jesus, again, gives a response that takes us into a place of imagination where the picture becomes more personal and practical for this lawyer by giving us the parable of the good Samaritan. In some Bibles, you see it's written, the good neighbor. And Jesus firstly gives us an identity of the certain man to being from a group or a race. And this group is the Jewish race. He's already giving this lawyer an idea of himself. And we see that where Jesus says, a certain man went from Jerusalem to Jericho. And that already gives us this, gives this lawyer the idea that this man is part of his race, is part of us. Now, he gives the story that this man is beaten up by thieves and is left on the side of the road, almost dead, almost dead. And the first person to see this man is a priest. Imagine me wearing a collar like John, and I see this man beaten up on the side of the road, 
Just look at him. In some movies, you'd find the priest wearing the kesok and the collar and looking all holy, and he'll just come and be like, God bless your soul, and continue walking. But this man didn't even do that. He just looked and was like, hmm, I'm going to church. And technically, this man is a bit similar to the lawyer. So the priest who serves God just passed him and literally walks on the side. How many times do we see someone here at church who needs help? Do we pass them and just say, ah, you know what, let me go see Tony. Do we even say hi to new people at church sometimes when we see a new person? We do have people sometimes who come here just for the first time. And because we're so used to our friends, our groups, we see them, but we don't even look. We just see them and we continue to our friends. And they go, and they don't feel at home. They don't come back because we just left them just like that. And then the second person is a Levite. This man is from one of the Jewish tribes. That is basically an assistant to the priest. That's like an Elvis, who's an assistant to John. <laughs> and I should be considered more in touch with the people. But what does he do? He does the same thing. Oh, okay. And continues going. He has a chance to do the dirty work that the priest wouldn't do, like Elvis would do. We have people like that in the church as well, who would not even attempt to talk to another person because they are not from the same group once again. And they feel as though it's going to take a lot of effort to speak to a new person or stranger. For some of us who are introverts, we're so used to 2020 when we were all at home and we were like, yes, yes, lockdown is the best thing. And now we come out there and we're like, uh-uh, I'm not used to this. Even when the masks came out, people were like, oh no, what are we going to do? It's still dangerous. It's still winter. We can't be taking off our masks. And I'm like, are you sure it's because of the COVID or you're just an introvert? You're no longer used to smiling at a person. There's people that you can't even recognize because you're so used to someone with a mask. And you're like, oh, I can see you. But when they don't have it, and you're like, uh, who are you? <laughs> and today I just want us to break the clicky ways that we have in the church. That's why we did that exercise in the beginning. To say, let us get to know one another and stop being clicky. Just go there and sit next to the person and be like, hi, I'm Elvis. What's your name? No, no, don't tell me now, but <laughs> we'll talk later, okay? And, and, and just get to know that person. That person will come back. That was the one thing that brought me to the Methodist church when I started going to the Methodist church because everyone was welcoming. And I was like, this is my church. I want to be part of that. We need to change the way we act sometimes. We need to be like the Samaritan. I can just check this guy out walking and then he sees this man he walks towards him he doesn't even ask whether he's jewish he doesn't even ask whether he's a levite he just goes there he doesn't even say why is the color of your hair different from mine he just goes there and he shows him compassion he sees that this man is helpless laying down on the ground and the bible says that he took this man and started nursing him how many of us when we get to the traffic light for those that don't have electric windows, we, we can, you know, you, that's when you see that this guy can actually bench about 100 kgs in the gym. You find the guy going, and the window's closing so quick. Or some always go and make sure that they get the electronic system for the windows fixed to make sure that the 
windows just go instead of going <laughs> and you're looking at this person and this person is saying I just need a smile there's this one guy in Centurion uh, when you're getting out of the mall he's got this placard he says can I have two rand but if you don't have two rand I just need a smile from you just a smile that's all he needs and Every time I see him, we had this food pack that we used to do. So you had this rice sachet. So every time I kept them in my car, and every time I'd get out of Centurion Mall, I'd just give him the pack, and then he'll smile. And I'm like, yeah, it's so, it's so nice to see a person smiling. Even if you don't give them, you don't have to give them money sometimes. You just need to give them a smile, give them hope. There's sometimes when we go to pick and pay, or you go to spa, and you get there, what do you say to the person at the till? Do you make their life worthwhile? Think about that. So now the Samaritan took care of this man. He even gave the innkeeper some money and said to him, should this money finish, I will come back and repay you. He didn't even ask if this man has a better bank account. He didn't ask, are you a CEO of a company? He didn't ask, do you have some money in your bank account that I can maybe borrow and use so that I can help you? And at the end of this story, Jesus asked the lawyer, out of the three, who is the neighbor? The lawyer responds, the one who showed mercy. So friends, I want to conclude by telling you this story. In December last year, on the 24th, my grandma was going to visit my uncle in Dinakang. But my uncle, my uncle and aunt, they have a farm there in Dinakang, and my grandmother was going to visit them. But unfortunately, on her way from Limpopo, there was a big accident, and she was part of that accident. And she was the only survivor. In that whole accident, I don't know how many cars were there, the police who was looking at that accident said it's actually like a wonder that she survived. And all through the course from December, she was in Bulukwane in one of the hospitals. They couldn't move her because her back, there were some fractures in her back. But every time we went to visit her, we kind of saw some progress in her because the nurses there took good care of her. They moved her to Joburg mid-January, which was Binoni, one of the hospitals there, and she stayed there up until the 17th of February, where she passed on. But every time I went to the hospital to visit her, I saw hope. The nurses were brilliant, they were amazing. And to think that these people don't know this woman, but they were there taking care of her. Sometimes they would even just tell me how to feed her because she couldn't move her hands at that time. They'll, they'll show me, they'll say, no, this is how you feed her. Are you okay? Some would even say when I get into the hospital, they'll say, meaning you came to see the old lady. And I'll be like, yes. And they already knew who was coming. They knew the people that were coming without even knowing my name. That's what a good Samaritan does. That's what a good neighbor does. Let's care for one another. South Africa is going through a lot right now, and all we need is each other. Let's change the way we make things. 
I think of the song by Michael Jackson where he says, I'm talking to the men in the mirror and asking them to change their ways. Let's speak to that person in the mirror and ask them to change their ways. And this is the first step for us to committing to the Great Commission. Let's change the way we do things.